Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. God is great. Should be praised greatly. Hallelujah. Let it loose. Cut it loose today. Cut it loose. God is great. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 It doesn't depend on how I feel this morning. It doesn't depend. Listen, it doesn't depend on what my circumstances are. God is great. God is great. And he should be praised not quietly, not subtly, but greatly. He should be praised greatly. Hallelujah. God bless you. And I want to just say, I want, I'm so proud of Nyla, and we had the merge thing yesterday. And, and Heart of Worship Church was one of, I think, four or five churches that were represented there. And I want to say that we were represented well. <laughs> Nyla did a good job, and Miss Catherine did a good job. Now, everybody knows who the sergeant of arms is at my church is, and she, I've got a couple of pastors out there that are a little bit afraid. Right now. <laughs> They're a little bit afraid. <laughs> but anyway, they wish they had her, I'm, I'm sure. But God bless you all. Hey, we're going to break bread right now, and um, we're going to start off in a couple of scriptures, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, you'll see how the Lord is in all of these messages and how the Lord, Lord is leading us and guiding us through his truth. Amen. Romans eight twenty eight and 29, which is one of the ones where we left off yesterday. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, I got to remind you, because I love it when I've got people in here that weren't here for the whole time. I get to remind everybody who was a Christian, you are called according to his purpose. We're called to different things. We're called to eternal glory. We're called to his glory. We're called to eternal life. We're called to be his saints. We're called to be his ambassadors, etc., etc., etc. Amen. Verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Remember last week, folks, that the question was, you know, what image are you putting off? What image are you portraying? Because we're called to be the image of the son of God, sons and daughters of God. Amen. We're all called to be in the image of Jesus. Remember also John 16, verses 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is advantage, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Part of the Holy Spirit's situation, part of the Holy Spirit's function on this earth is conviction, right? And so it, I was convicted when I became born again. I was convicted of my sin. I saw the righteousness of God, and I became repentant and received Christ. And now, because uh, people get to see your image and my image, and they get to see the Christ life lived in front of them, that is the Holy Spirit living through us, God's Spirit living through us, and then we bring some conviction to the world because now this just doesn't become a, a, a rule book, if you will. Now, now this becomes a living thing, something that is, is tangible, something that they could see lived out. Are you with me? Amen. That's why we're supposed to be. Now, that word helper, I, I know some of you know this, but I want to I, I, just bear with me, please. That word is translated from the Greek word paraklete or parakletos, not parakeet, Addie, not parakeet. Because I, I got to tell her, because then she'll get a parakeet thinking she's got more Holy Spirit in her room be, and, you know. Be, be the roommate for the uh, hedgehog or whatever. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, but, but I want to make sure she's still listening. Now I know she's listening. No, but, but that paraclete, that parakletos, that Greek word, that Greek word, in the, it's, it's translated in the King James comf- comforter, also known as counselor, 
also known as advocate. All of those words, you know, those, that's synonymous with that word helper or parakletos, which is what that word is translated from the Greek. Now, what, what is a counselor? Now, if you look at counselor in the trueness of the word and how we use it today, that might be like a guidance counselor at school or a counselor, somebody, maybe a psychologist or a, psych- a psychiatrist or something along those lines. And they're, they're kind of, you know, and, and a good one, a Christian one, because I think most psychologists and psychiatrists need a good psychologist or psychiatrist. But the thing about it is what happens is you get to know um, it's a guide. It's not someone sitting there and telling you what to do. It's not somebody sitting there and telling you what your problem is. It's someone guiding you. Somebody, see, now I, I want to ask you, why would it be so important? And, and obviously it was very important for a comforter to come. We would need some guidance. We would need some comfort. Isn't that right? So now look, if, if it was just one of those things where we can go to the foot of the cross, receive Christ Jesus, and then be done with it, then, then why would it be so important that we have this other helper, this, this comforter? Because you know why? Because it's not going to be just like that. You go to the foot of the cross and everything is sunshine and lollipops. Everything is good, just like we've been taught through the years. Just have a little bit of faith and everything works out great. It doesn't work that way. The Lord knows that you're going to have some you're going to have to go through this life. And when you're going through this life, there's going to be some, some, some situations that are just not pleasant. There's going to be some times when you're just going to be, uh, you're going to be needful of some comfort and some strength. And he knows that. There's going to be a time in your life where you need some guidance. Amen. All of those things that are very, very important. But he never says that he's going to totally take over your life where you just sit down and now you just put it in auto. Uh, pilot, and the Holy Spirit is now taking over your life. See, I want to make sure that I understand. I want to make sure that you understand it. The Holy Spirit still, it's all up to you as far as it goes. You still have the freedom to choose. Many of us in here have been Christians for quite a long time. Some of us have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, and some of us have not. But, but the Holy Ghost, we need to grow. When we're growing in the grace, which is what we're instructed to do, when we're growing in this power, when we're growing, what, what's happening is actually we're learning more truth. We're digesting more truth. In that process, it's the Holy Spirit, as we'll share in the Scriptures here in a moment, it's the Holy Spirit that's teaching us, leading us, and guiding us in this truth. And as we're growing, we're growing stronger, we're growing in that grace. Not just unmerited favor, but in the knowledge of God, in, in all that we are empowered to do and to say, simply because we are his kids and we're living according to his kingdom. His, amen? Are you with me? I want to just go back, drop back real quick into the Old Testament just to give you some flavor here. I'm going to be reading from the New uh, Living Translation. Some will be on the board, some of it won't. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. I'm bringing you back, but not because you deserve it. I'm doing it to protect my holy name, on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. I will show how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. (laughs) I will show how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame. Shame among the nations, and when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the Sovereign Lord. Do you see what he's saying? I'm going to reveal how holy I am through you. That commands something now. That commands something. Wow. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. 
For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. Hallelujah. I want to remind you of something. See, well, he's talking, Tony, you're, you're, you're speaking uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel's talking to the children of Israel. Well, let's remember, we've been grafted in. We are now the children of Israel by virtue of being grafted in, in Christ Jesus. Amen? But I also want to remind you of the consistency. In Ephesians chapter 5, we learn that the church, Jesus, his bride, us, that we are cleansed so that we could be presented to him a, a bride, clean, pure, without blemish, without spot. How does he cleanse us? With the washing of water by the word. So now, is God, God is very consistent. So he's telling the children of Israel as he tells us. The word, I'm going to speak to you now. He's talking about, I'm bringing you back. You're going to be in relationship with me, and I'm going to speak to you, and my word is going to cause you to be clean. You've got to receive it, though. My word is going to cause you to be clean. And now, in, uh, continuing in, in that uh, Ezekiel uh, 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your old, stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Why is the Holy Spirit being put in? To follow the decrees to, so that they can live out this word that's watched. That they can live out this word so that the people before them can see the life of God. Isn't that right? Same for us. We have this Holy Spirit. See, he's talking to them. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. And it happened. When did it happen? Well, we've, we've read it. In John 16, Jesus is saying, listen, it's important that I go away. Why? Because I'm going to send the other helper. I'm going to send the paraclete. Not parakeet. I'm going to send the paraclete to you. And he's going to lead, guide you in all truth. And he's going to, wow. And so many other things. Continue in John 14, 15. Don't, you can jot some of these down. But, but just some of this, uh, what he says, he being Jesus about the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. The spirit of truth. How do you discern truth? Because the spirit of truth lives inside of you. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. See, I want to, did did I give you that one? I thought I did. I apologize. I didn't. Well, I want to give you the language. When he says, I will not leave you orphans. Now, in that culture back then, being an orphan or a widow was pretty bad because you you didn't become wards of the state. You know, somebody had to take care of you or you were left to fend for yourself. You know, orphans would, you know, live on the street or they would just be left. They would have to become somebody's slave. They would become somebody's property. It would be, it would be not, it would be a not a good situation to be in. Come on now, follow me. So now when he's saying to them, I will not leave you orphans, he's speaking specifically to a culture that understands what being an orphan actually would mean. And it speaks to a relationship. It speaks to relationship. It speaks, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. I'm going to be your dad. I'm going to be your guardian. How? I'm going to send my spirit to live in you. I'm going to send my spirit to teach you, to lead, guide, and direct you. I'm not going to leave you an orphan. We're still going to be in this relationship. 
John 14, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. My brothers and sisters, without the Holy Spirit, you're, you're, it's, it, I can't teach you. I can tell you, and I can lay it out before you, and you might have a, listen, this is important. You may have a mental disposition. You may have a, a, an intellectual understanding but to really understand the truth and have that truth inside of you, it's going to take the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible tells me and you that, listen, we can't even say Jesus is Lord and mean it in our hearts. I mean, anybody says Jesus is Lord, but really have him truly be the Lord over our lives without the Holy Spirit. So, again, back in 14, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Hey, listen. You want to memorize scripture? Yeah, you need to memorize scripture, and a lot of that has to do with your own ability, but I guarantee you that if it's in your heart to really memorize scripture, and you're not the smartest guy like me or not the sharpest knife in the drawer like I am, if you ask the Lord to help you, he will help you. Why? Because his Holy Spirit, one of his charges is to bring things to your remembrance. Hallelujah. See, that's not a Tony thing. I'm I'm not standing here telling you what I think or what I believe. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. And I want to tell you something. We need to put this Word to the test. Not to the test, well, let's see if it works. No, he said it, so now I'm going to do it. So what does that mean? So now young people, old people, anybody in between, man, if you're having trouble memorizing Scripture, well, why is it important that I memorize Scripture, Tony? You know why? Because you should be his witnesses. And some of us are so um, intimidated about being his witnesses because if somebody asks us a question, we're not going to be able to, man, don't, don't be that way. First of all, live it. Live what you do know. Secondly, man, memorize some scripture. And, and my brothers and sisters, here's the other thing. What he's saying to you is he's going to bring it to your remembrance. When you're studying this thing, the Holy Ghost with you, that's his job. That's his job. So if you're studying and you're reading, it says he's going to bring to your remembrance the things that he's teaching you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to worry about it. I just have to go ahead and do what he says. Study and read, and he's going to bring it to my remembrance. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds uh, from the Father, he will testify of me. Who's me? Tony? Jesus. Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is going to testify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to teach me, have me remember, have me in this relationship, not with the Holy Spirit, but with Jesus. It's his spirit. It's God's spirit. It's Jesus' spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. They're three and one and one and three. My brothers and sisters, this is a miracle thing. This is a miraculous thing. This is a supernatural thing. Nevertheless, he's made it available to you and I. We trust, we believe, I trust, I believe that he's going to bring to my remembrance, that he's going to guide me in all truth. I trust that his word is true. And I, and I, and I know that I can have confidence when I live it, that it's going to turn out exactly the way he said it. Why? Because he doesn't lie and his word is truth. Back to John 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus speaking to his closest disciples, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will glorify me. For he he will take what is mine and give it to you. My brothers and sisters, listen. You know what? I've, I've, and you too, many of us have 
experiences in churches for a long time, you know, there's so many people that would give the Holy Spirit credit for this. You know, they see a certain shaped cloud in the sky and it's the Holy Spirit speaking to them. They have a dream and you let, because you know I'm right. Hey, they, they have a certain dream and they're giving the Holy Spirit credit. I stood up in here one night when we were praying. I had a guy tell me he saw certain colors on this altar and that meant this, this, and that. He gave me an explanation for the colors that he was seeing. I didn't have the heart to tell him, you know, maybe you need to go get some sleep or something because that, no, no. But, but my brothers and sisters, look, am I trying to mock or criticize people? No, not at all. But, but here's what I'm saying to you. The, the, the first test is, is it truth? Does it line up with this? Second thing is, is it glorifying Jesus? Because it has to somehow, some way, glorify or bring glory to Jesus. It has to be of Jesus, by Jesus, for Jesus. If it's not, it's not of him. It's not the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Okay. And that's how we get all of these kooky, maniac things. I mean, please, buy this miracle water. You know what? You're going to have this miracle water. How about this miracle prophecy cloth or whatever? Anybody ever beside me? You know what? I I feel like telling those ministers, you know what you're doing? You're making people idol worshipers. You're making people idol worshipers. When you do something like that, you're making people idol worshipers. I'm not going to call and go ahead and get this miracle bottle of water. Jesus said, if any of you thirst, come unto me and drink. I'm going to Jesus. I'm not going to that guy selling that. Well, it's for free, Tony. You don't understand. It's for free. Yeah, they get you on their mailing list, and then they're going to hit you up. And I'm telling you, there's a method to the madness. Get that prophecy cloth. I want to hear something from God. I need a word from God. Go to church. Pray. Read. You want to hear from God? Read your Bible. Dust it off. See what it says. And you'll hear from God. Pray. Go hear a message from Pastor Tony. You'll hear from God, I guarantee you. Why are you all laughing? You see how they are? Got an amen from this side and laughing on that side. I'm very hurt. I'm going to preach to this side. No. But do you understand? Do you understand? But, we, but now watch. Acts 8.1. This is 1.8, rather. We were here last week real quick. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses or witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, we have to go to the Holy... If we want to be his witnesses, we have to go to the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot witness Christ. We need this power. But see, people, you know, they, they see that thing... They, they get stuck on this power thing, and then they start focusing in on these signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm, I'm Pentecostal, man. I don't, I'm not shy about it. I believe. And you, those of you who hear me with me one Wednesday, man, I'm praying for signs, wonders, and miracles to be done among us. Amen. There's no reason why the same thing that happened in that first century church can't happen in the church today. God didn't put a deadline on it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if people were healed back then, they need to be supernaturally healed right now. If people were being raised from the dead back then, they need to be re- being raised from the, the dead right now. If God shook a place when a bunch of people got together in one mind and one accord, he shook that place, and, and man, more Holy Spirit fell, and they were laid out, then it needs to happen now. Why is it not happening? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you by the end of the service. They focus on the signs, wonders, and miracles, and then the emphasis is put on the charisma gifts. The charisma gifts, you know, speaking in tongues, prophecy, laying your hands on the sick, having them, all the charisma gifts, which are awesome, which you just heard me say. I'm praying for that to happen. I want those things to happen. 
But my brothers and sisters, those things don't happen unless you have the spiritual fruit first. And the first one, which everything hinges upon, love. Don't have that, none of it's going to happen. But so we look at this Holy Spirit now because of, of what's been preached and taught and because of certain scriptures being plucked out, then we have this little thing going on. You know, this, this, look, look, I'm going to tell you, I, I was trying to think about something because I know how the, the young people like to see. The Holy Spirit is like my vitamin here. So I've got some vitamin. It's, it's vitamin B. It's supposed to help my body get energy, give my body what it needs. And I'm going to take this, you see, because I'm expending a lot of energy right now as I'm preaching. I want to make sure I can make it to the end of the service because I've got a whole other hour to go before we're done. Addie was wishing for the parakeet. <laughs> no, hallelujah. No, but see, no, no, no. So that's how we treat the Holy Spirit. I want that Holy Spirit inside of me. It now becomes my vitamin. I've got this, this energy. I've got this, you know, I've got this something inside of me, down inside of me. Is the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you? Yeah, if you receive Christ, you've got a spirit of adoption that's been put down inside of you. He said that he would do that. Right? Show me. Uh, I, I want to tell this week, now I don't want to offend anybody and I ain't getting political, but this is just a great, great illustration. I had to see what all the fuss was about. I'm not a Kanye West fan, but I had to see what all the darn fuss was about. So no one get mad at me. I don't, I don't, I, I've never really heard him sing. I hear he's got a lot of talent, but I don't like that stuff. That, I don't know, maybe he does, maybe I, he's close to being a billionaire. He's a, he's, he's a shrewd businessman, whatever. I heard, you know, I heard he's got a ta- he's talented. But now everybody, man, there's half the world hates him and the other half likes him. And so, I, okay, what did he say? And so I heard some of the stuff that he said. And you know what? At first I was kind of, hmm, but I get him. So all these people saying, he's insane, he's this, he's that, I must be insane too because I understand what he was saying. This is one of the things that he said. He put that hat on and it made him feel like Superman. And when I first heard that, I said, oh, boy. But then I listened, and I really, and I, and I was able to listen to what he was saying. Did he get superpowers from wearing that hat? No, it was the result that he got. It was him taking a stand and doing what he believed, and all of a sudden, you know, people just were outraged on one side, and people were totally, hey, wow, that's, that's awesome. Uh, come on now. Are you, are you following me? He wasn't afraid to do something that he believed in, and because he, he stood on what he believed in, there, there was some reaction. It changed relationships. There was, there was something that happened that was beyond his own power. If he were to call for people to do a certain thing at a certain time, you know, maybe some would have done it because they're uh, you know, enamored with his talent, their fans or whatever, but could he provoke that kind of emotion just by singing a song or just by asking for someone to go ahead? No, he promoted that kind of emotion by making a stand, by standing on what he believed. Whether you agree or disagree with him, that's not even the issue. I don't even care about the politics of it, but I will say this. It's amazing to me that the people, when he said George Bush hates white people, the people that hate him now loved him then. And the people that love him now hated him then. And that's something, how things can turn just like that. See, you know why? Because we're human. And we don't know nothing. But we think we know everything. But there's a man, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, he stood on something 
He, he stuck to him, whatever it was that he believes. And boy, how people are calling him names and all this other stuff. Sounds a little bit like a guy who I knew, who I know, who when he went ahead and stuck to everything that he believed in, they crucified him. Literally. And then all of those people who were there on the day of Pentecost and all of those people who received of his spirit and then all of those people down through history who went ahead and they received something and they were totally convinced on the inside. They have now an inner conviction, an inner strength. It wasn't no vitamin pill. It was just something that says, I need to go ahead and live according to this truth. And when they lived according to that truth, something happened. Many of them were martyred. They were hated for what? For loving. For loving. They preached the truth and were hated. They didn't even say, listen, you believe this truth, you adhere to this truth, or we're going to chop your head off. None of that. You believe this truth or you're going to burn in hell. You believe this truth because we say so. You believe this truth because we're right and you're wrong. No. They lived. They loved. They preached the good news that God loves you. Could you throw up that next slide? I was really wishing I could find a picture of somebody else and just put their face on there. But, but see, that's the, that's the way we are. You know, the Superman thing. I've got this Holy Spirit in me and bada bing, here we go. And so now uh, I, I've got this, so that everything is solved. I've got this mighty power. I've got this spiritual power. And so that I can name it and claim it. I just have to have this little bit of faith. And you see, and I could say this and I could say that. I could just go to God and I could say, hey, I want my kids healed. Can I do that? Yes, I can. But that's, see, the Holy Spirit isn't a vitamin pill. The Holy Spirit, you don't automatically become Superman or Superwoman or Wonder Woman just because you've been to the foot of the cross. There's something else that has to, there's more, man. Because that Holy Spirit power in you, first of all, is to get you to the place where you have faith in Christ, where you can receive a word and start gaining wisdom and knowledge and understanding. That, then what happens is once you start understanding and you start studying and you, you understand this truth you see, and now that Holy Spirit does make you a superman or a superwoman if you want to live in what you know. And then as you live in what you know, all of a sudden that power is multiplied in you. Oh, and forget about it if you just go ahead and you get somebody else who has the Holy Spirit in them and you join hands and you bind up and you pray. Forget about that because now that power increases exponentially because one could put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand to flight. So now forget about that, you see. And that don't come from a, a Holy, Holy Ghost vitamin pill. I got that little vitamin in me. No, you know what that Holy Ghost is? That Holy Ghost gets down inside of you and it helps you to live what you know. You live what you know. It helps you to change on the inside. And it helps you, remember the message last week? Come on, kids. Oh, it's a little while, just a little while longer. Hey, and it helps you to be conformed to the image of Jesus because we're called to look like Christ in this world. As he is in this world, so are we. Isn't that scripture, John? As he is in this world, so are we. So my brothers and sisters, very simple, very simple. We see an awesome illustration. Even Jesus, our Lord, when he was baptized, he came up out of the water, and it says almost immediately, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. 
the Spirit, Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, that he was filled with, led him into the wilderness to be tested and tempted by the devil. So now watch. Jesus had a choice. When that Spirit was leading him, he could have said, mm, no, I just got baptized. Let me go get with my peeps a little bit. We're going to have a baptismal party. No. Nah, I'm not up to it right now. You know, maybe tomorrow. Come on, stay with me. Are you hearing me? No, uh, you know, I got, I got something else I could do first, and then I'll do that. Holy God, I'll do that uh, next chance I get. Or, or God, I'll do... No, the Holy Spirit was leading him into the wilderness, and he went. He obeyed. He obeyed. And then what happened? That whole time that he's in the wilderness, what's going on? The enemy of his soul, our soul, the enemy is trying to tempt him to disobey the word of God. The enemy is trying to go ahead and, and, and just get him to go ahead and look at the human things, look at the natural, and live according to that. Hello? Hello? But Jesus knew the word, you see. So every time the enemy would tempt him with something, he'd quote the word back. And it wasn't just that word that maybe he had on the top of his head. I know it was the word that came from his heart. And I know it was the word that he believed true. You know how I know that? Because I'm smart. No. You know why? Because he hung on that. He stayed on that. He didn't bend. He didn't give in. He stayed on that. And then the final thing, when the enemy of our soul and his tried to go ahead and quote Scripture back to him, he misquoted it. He knew it enough to misquote it. Jesus corrected that. And then, then do you know what has happened? You read this. It's in Matthew 4. You know what happened? It says that Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, he left in the power, but he came back with more power. See, it was, he didn't take more vitamins out. Oh, yes, I guess he did. You know his vitamins were when he was out there in the wilderness? Obeying the word of God. Amen. Trusting in what the word of God said. Amen. Being led by the Spirit. He trusted, he was led by the Spirit, and he came back with more power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That tells me everything I need to know. It's in, I've quoted this from this pulpit so many times, some of you may be able to quote it with me here. In in Acts, it says that he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Well, Tony, you said you get the Holy Spirit when you get saved. Yeah, you're dealt a measure. You're dealt a measure. You, You receive the spirit of adoption. But there's so much more. So much more. And we only get the more when we live according to what we already know. Hallelujah. That's why it just cracks me up. You know, we're all about the charisma gifts. We're all about the speaking in tongues and jumping up and down and hooting and hollering and all that. Is it good? Do I want? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Decently in an order. If it's of God, absolutely. That's all part of it. That's all part of it. But my brothers and sisters, we got to get the, the living according to what we know part before any of that is real. Because if you show me a church where that is going on, but they go out, you know, they got their Sunday Holy Ghost meeting, but then they got their Tuesday and Monday, I got to live on the street meeting, or I got to go ahead and cheat at my work meeting, or I got to go ahead and be prejudice meeting, or I got this, that, the other. That was fake. That's the proof. The proof is how you live when you're away from that Sunday Holy Ghost meeting. That's the proof. Amen? I, I, I want to share just a little bit more. We're almost done. I want to share just a little bit more with you. In Acts 19, the Apostle Paul, 
He's going through Ephesus now, the upper parts of, I think it was, anyway, regardless. And he comes across some believers and he said, hey, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? This is Acts 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And these believers, are, they say, we don't even know there was such a thing. Wait a minute. See, now some people will say that those weren't really Christian believers. They were just believers in that the Messiah was coming. They were believers because they believed what John the Baptist had uh, prophesied of. But if you really study and if you look at that thing in context, I firmly believe because Luke is the writer and because of the language that's used and the way Paul said believers, Paul wouldn't have said, are you believers in John? He said, have you, have you received the Holy Ghost since you've believed? Why would, why would Paul, who received so much revelation from God, think that believers in John the Baptist's prophecy would receive the Holy Ghost when he knows that you can only receive the Holy Ghost from Jesus Christ? So don't let, I, I, I believe firmly when he says believe, these were believers in Christ Jesus, Acts chapter 19. And he says, have you, be- have you believed in or have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they say, we didn't even know there was such a thing. Well, what baptism have you received? We've only been baptized in John. Well, that's the baptism of repentance. Now, you need to go ahead and take the next step. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And he laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues and other things. I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, there's more. There's more. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been a Christian or how short a time you've been a Christian. There's more. And the more only happens in truth, in reality, when you're living according to what you already know. And, and, and I want to beg you, please, if you're calling yourself a Christian out there in the world and you're not living right, stop. Stop. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting the body. Stop. Man, I want to tell you honestly, honestly, live what we know and we get more. Live what we know. If we live what we know, we can come together, hold, touch our hands together. And what we can do, my brothers and sisters, is now pray for our kids and have something supernatural happen. Our kids are being lied to. Our kids are being drug away left and right. I'm sick and tired of it. Aren't you sick and tired of it? So man, let's put the hedge of protection around our kids. I need to know when I'm praying a hedge of protection around my kids, my grandkids, that it's being put up. How do I know that? Well, I'm go- I believe I trust in him. Oh, Tony, are you saying you're living perfect? No, I'm not perfect. I miss the mark sometimes. I gave you a pant. I gave you a chance. I gave her a chance. She could have said amen, and she didn't. I love you, baby. Thank you. Hey, but my brothers and sisters, here's the thing. When we miss the mark, it's the exception, not the rule. And we don't openly sin and do things that we know that we're not supposed to do, continually do that, and expect the Holy Spirit to continue to lead, guide, and direct us. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. You can't grow. Live what you know. And watch what happens. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. I think I've said a lot. No. One more thing. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. You see that? Power, we got the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. 
So my brothers and sisters, the first thing that needs to be exercised when we're living after the Spirit, love. And that doesn't mean just to love the people that love you, just to love the people around you, just to love the people that look like you. That means you love everybody. You love your enemy. See, it will take Holy Spirit power for me to love someone who hates me. It would take Holy Spirit power for me to love someone who is talking bad about me. It will take Holy Spirit power. That's power. That's power. See, and when I do that, my brothers and sisters, see, th- then, I am like, then I am like Superman in the sense that Mr. West was using the word. Well, how? Because now I'm affecting things. There's people around me that are going to take notice of something and they're going to change. It's going to provoke an emotion out of them. It's going to provoke something out of them. It may, it's going to be negative. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be negative. They're going to be the naysayers. But there's going to be some that are positive. And it might be one that's positive. And wouldn't it be worth it if it was one that was positive? I'm going to read out of Ephesians, and then we're going to go. In Ephesians three, sixteen. God, I, I pray that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, that works in us. To him be all the glory in the church by Christ Jesus our Lord forever and ever. Amen. My brothers and sisters, I love you this morning and that's my prayer for you and for me and for all of us this morning. Amen. So, Let's pray together. Stand with me, please.